Gracious God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the reason that we have come together to study your word. We thank you for your people and ask that you continue to bless them, cherish them, love them, lift them up, heal them, support them, empower them. Oh, Lord, just wrap your arms around all of us right now. But it's a great joy that we share your word tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, the stone that the builders rejected. Didn't want to use. Ultimately became the cornerstone. The, the, the most important stone uh, in the structure, in the building, to support the sides. And uh, it's a wonderful um, prophecy about Jesus. And I wanted to share, and I know I'm repeating myself here, but I want to emphasize it. The parallels between Jesus and David, and I'm going to continue to share them. I know someone might say, oh, well, you know, David did this, did that, he was a murderer, this or that, a thief, and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's two types of comparison that we use called typology. One is the things that are similar and dissimilar. We learn from both. We learn from the similarities and the dissimilarities. So there are great similarities and dissimilarities between Jesus and David. But I just think that we not only have neglected the similarities, but in particular, because we think about, you know, the sins of David and so forth, uh, we don't emphasize enough. That's just my opinion. The similarities, the parallels, the typologies. But yes, there are anti-apologies to typologies to anti-typologies, as I call them, anti-typologies. But the typologies are very powerful. The builders rejected what became the key to our own existence, everlasting life. Uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we look at um, Isaiah 53? Because I'll be, I'll be sharing that um, um, on Sunday. Uh, so let's look at them. Um, let's look at uh, Isaiah 53. Hallelujah. Give me a chance to um, um, to look that up. Isaiah the 53rd chapter. One of the four servant songs in Isaiah 
great prophecies of the Messiah. Isaiah 53, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised, and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It he carried. It was our sorrows that you, that weighed him down, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could not be, so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. By the King James, one of the most well-known verses of that from the King James is by his stripes we are healed. Amen. Amen. He was despised by us, by people. Oh, that cornerstone that was rejected. So what's the parallel? What is the parallel? Well, before we look at, um, you know, Second Samuel, the 18th chapter, and I'm not really getting into the verses here this week. I'll do a little bit more of that next week, and so forth and so on. This is about Absalom, Absalom's defeat and his death. Absalom had gathered this great army. Once again, David found himself with a made-up army of loyal people around him. Kind of ragtag to some degree, but fierce in the defense of David, of Israel, fierce in their fighting, in defense of God, and completely loyal to David. Absalom. 
I'm not promoting or relishing anybody's death. And his death was not pleasant. But at the same time, what I am saying to us is that God, if we, you know, God speaks so clearly in so many ways. If you take the time to look and to listen. David, for my kid, wasn't weak and honestly and correctly assumed, wasn't the most charismatic, good-looking, uh, and uh, picture of a person, one that even Samuel couldn't see being a leader. Not, 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 uh, not so much that uh, he was young alone. The Bible speaks about him being ruddy, you know. How we learn, you know, certain key factors about David charisma comes out of comparisons with other people and uh, Saul, the first king, and even his son Absalom, and some other factors, some other things that, 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 that came up. Of course, people loved him because he was a fierce fighter, a very successful leader. But you know, that charisma that people so often fall for, you know, that they that, that, that take people so much at face value. Uh, Uh, and uh, I, um, I, I'm, I'm not quite certain that the NIV, you know, but you know, people understanding you know, things are different. But I'm not quite certain the um, NIV doesn't paint a, a good picture of Isaiah 53, but that's okay. You know, there's another example. You know, uh, we uh, we tend to gravitate to things that we're most familiar with and that we can relate to. Um, but in any case, Saul, the first king, was definitely pointed out that he was a tall and handsome man. In fact, the Bible seemed to suggest that was a great factor in which people wanted him to be king. Not about his disposition, his propensities, his acumen. Oh, he's a good-looking chap. 
And so here, you know, here we have a contrast which becomes a parallel that again, when we look at Isaiah 53, you know, hey, sometimes people are overlooked because they don't have certain charisma. Uh, David, I would imagine, wasn't tall. No one suggested that like they did of Saul. And probably, as the scripture kind of described it, just a ruddy person, looking person, an outdoor person, maybe rough in his mannerism and stuff like that. Look at the way he spoke to Goliath, you know. Like, ah. And then when we look at Absalom, he too seemed to have great charisma and this beautiful head of hair. And, uh, I, I, you know, uh, yeah, let him be a leader, man. You know, his father, you know, his yeah, he did his thing, but hey, listen, we have this wonderful, handsome son. Yeah, we can follow him. He can be our king. And we can forget about all the great things that David did. This may seem a little comical, and it might seem a little trivial, but it really is not. It happens over and over and over in history. It's happening right now. People get caught up, fallen, sometimes, you know, carnival bosses, snake oil salespeople, Sweet town and words rolling off people's lips and their clothes and their handsomeness or whatever it might be or who they may falsely sometimes, not all the time, but falsely project themselves to be salesperson and sometimes who say the things that folk want to hear and not the things that they don't want to hear. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not trivial when you come to think of it. Wars have been fought. Oh, lots of people have lost their lives, limbs, and properties following some leader mainly because of his charisma or her charisma. Handsome, beautiful head of hair, Absalom had. And David mm, had to be fighting for his life. 
I, I, I want to just kind of just hold on and kind of tighten your seat belts a little bit here. Like I said, I'm not rejoicing in any misfortune that may happen to people and definitely to Absalom or anybody. Uh, you know, God forbid, that's, that's terrible. But I do want to make a point here that God probably was showing the people or whatever. The thing is that um, as we go back and let's little, look a little bit, little, little, chapter 18 or so, uh, as we go down the line, Okay, let's see, we're talking about look at verse 18 of chapter I mean verse 18, yes, of chapter 18 During his lifetime, Absalom had built a monument to himself in the king's valley, for he said, I have no son to carry on my name. He named the monument after himself and is known as Absalom Monument. Is it because he had no son? Is this some kind of a self-worshipping? Hmm. So sometimes that is what affect people they can't stop looking in the mirror at themselves, so to speak. Ah. But here's the thing. Verse 9, during the battle, Absalom happened to come upon some of David's men. He tried to escape on his mule, but as he rode beneath the thick branches, of a great tree. His hair got caught in the tree. His mule kept going and left him dangling in the air. His hair. Beautiful head of hair. Got caught in the tree. Is there something in that? Like I said, it's, it's a horrible thing to have happened. Eventually, they came and they killed him, but it's a horrible thing to have happened and to be made helpless that way. But it's the grace of God. It's the love of God. It's the care of God. And uh, to my great friend, uh, let me do something, um, you know, um, let me do something here. Let me just look at, um, 
Isaiah 53 again. And we may want to look at it from an angle And you know, this servant song actually started in in uh, chapter 52, but let's look at chapter 53 in the King James. One of my friend wanted to kind of share that with us. Who has believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid as if we as we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. So, the parallel is that the stone that was rejected by the builders becomes the cornerstone, the most important stone in the building. And Jesus was rejected. He became our Savior. And the parallel with David. And there's some other examples in the Bible, but the parallel, particularly with David, is very strong. How they came to reject David. Even after Jesus did all the miracles and healed all the people and did such wonderful things, even though David did such great things for the people was despised and was rejected. But God lifts up the people who are faithful to him. And God doesn't look at the face. He doesn't look at the charisma. He doesn't look at the charm. He looks at the heart. And that's why I said over and over and over again, David had a heart. 
that God saw. And so, my desire that we, you know, was all good-looking people, less fine, charismatic people, and sometimes we don't even have to be good-looking necessarily by human standard. Sight of God, we're all beautiful, but, but you know, with your charisma, with, you know, your way of, you know, just appropriating yourselves. God is going to look at our heart, and there is where we will find. A true relationship with God is protection, is love, is salvation, and everything that He has promised us. And you can see why it is so important that the scripture keeps reminding us the love that I promise David, I'll also give to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So do we have a thank you so much, uh, Minister Booker, for informing us and sharing your thoughts so much. This is very helpful. Is there anyone on the line or anyone on the net, uh, you know, anyone on the stream, do anyone wants any thoughts coming from anybody? Any thoughts? Anybody? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Well, again, until next week, it's from 7 to 7.30 is our Bible study. And we are going to continue in the joy of the Lord. Thank you, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Minister. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we tune out now, but you can always contact me. And God be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.